This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, first, everybody, I, I I love the appreciation I get on this day. Um, it's one of my favorite social media posts to do. Obviously, I can only do it once a year. Um, for all my daughter was through as a you know as a baby and all she went through, craziest experience of my life by far. And uh, you know, so many of you uh, you know faithful listeners, you guys know I've been through a ton here in the last year and a half. Um, and look, there's times I'd like to throw things, get pissed off, yell at the man upstairs. But um, in the greatest need of my life, he was there for me. And, you know, to see where my daughter is now at 12 years old, and even today we had her, uh, you know, her mid-year assessment on her education, and she's literally now having her first year of middle school, which is usually the most difficult year of any kid's life just because there's so much change and now you're switching classes and she's having the best year of her life and to hear all this and just know everything she's been through and where she is now. And the fact that we never really cared about school, we just wanted her to at least be able to have the opportunity to have a life and, you know, she knows the ground working hard. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite to put out. Um, and I, I just love talking about it. And obviously I get a ton of feedback for it. And part of why I do it is to tell people I've been there. And one of these things were, you know, Jake Burns is a guy, you know, me and Jake were close. We got closer. He kind of went through it. Obviously, you know, he had his son. And actually, funniest thing is his son's second birthday is actually today. They share a birthday. Um, you know, and I've had many people DM me. But I still remember everything I went through. Um, anybody needs any help with it? Uh, I remember. I don't mind talking about it. I love talking about it. Anything to make the situation easier for somebody else where you can, you know, basically pay it forward. Uh, Certainly always will always be about that. So thanks everybody for all the response on that. Um, She loves to see it, you know, because I got to show it to her and she she sees the interaction because obviously, you know, kids are a little media savvy, uh, social media savvy wise, you know, not so much Twitter, probably not the best place for the kids to be, but um, you know, they understand what, you know, retweets and the amount of interaction something gets. So thank you everybody for there. My daughter, Hope, happy 12 girl. Absolutely love you. Um, Brown's news, uh, official today, Pete, Chad O'Shea, you know, obviously we knew, but now official wide receivers coach and always Pete, that little perky title that goes along with it. Passing game coordinator, you know, one year in Miami, uh, you know, obviously a decade or so in new England, his start in 2006, the young man named Kevin Stefanski, uh, you know, late nights cutting up film over, you know, some probably some bad pizza and maybe even some worse beer because um, you know, you're doing the grunt of the work when you're the young guys and the low man on the totem pole, so to speak. But Pete, what you're noticing with what the staff they're putting together is Kevin's either going with guys he's got a long history of knowing and knowing the people they are and the work that they're going to put in obviously Joe Woods, and we'll get to another one here in a little bit. Or he's going with guys that have league-wide reputations and long, long resumes, whether it's Stump, whether it's Callahan. Um, it's a smart way to do it as opposed to just taking a whole cup, you know, taking a couple of young bucks who nobody really knows anything about and putting them in a situation that you're not necessarily sure they're ready for. I mean, guys hiring people he's known 14, 15 years or taking established 
NFL coaches who have been at it 20 plus years. And, you know, at least on paper, what he's putting together, you can find the rhyme and reason behind it and you hope it should succeed. Uh, so he's, uh, he's getting a coach that he, he talked about how he liked the fact that he um, was with the Patriots as long as he was. So he has that, uh, an understanding of how things are supposed to sort of work, um, which, you know, is certainly hopefully something that carries over. Um, he, uh, you know, and, and with the amount of experience and sort of credibility he has, and he obviously has to sort of prove it, but, uh, you know, for, for a wide receiver room uh, with Landry and Beckham saying they wanted, you know, leadership and, uh you know, a, a disciplined approach, I think that is a big, you know, part of this hire. Um, he, you know, he did a better job than than some people will probably give him credit for, for what he did in Miami. So it does seem like he has some value from that standpoint. Um, and obviously, you know, 2006 was 15 years ago. So um, these guys have definitely uh, gone different places, even if they know each other. So there's, definitely exposure to how things have gone, um, uh, how, how other teams are doing it. So there's, there's a value with that. So, uh, you know, I think it's not a coincidence that, you know, for the wide receiver room they have that one of their most um, experienced coaches they've hi- they're hiring is specifically for that room. Um, so we'll see how that pays off. But I do think he has some added utility in terms of being able to sort of call plays and, and, and script an offense and those type of things. I, I, you know, that that's sort of one of those things where, um, it, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But it, it, part of me thinks he's going to be more involved in that than uh, the quarterback coach will be. Um, and, you know, and and kudos because uh, uh... – Obviously, uh, Nathan uh, Nathan Zagara today on Cleveland Browns Daily kind of hinted that maybe Alex Van Pelt was a offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. I believe some guys tried to tell you that about a week and a half ago or so, a week ago or so. Um, but the thing with O'Shea is is the resume. And look, when you move on from Adam Henry, and we had talked about this, this probably was in the best interest for Adam Henry, best interest for Odell and Jarvis. Um, you know, sometimes there's just, you know, in order to keep a relationship where everybody can still get along, maybe you got to, you know, move along or somebody's got to move along. Um, so you bring in O'Shea and there's look, everybody in the NFL talks. If Odell and Jarvis want to know about Chad O'Shea, you can get Brandon Cooks on a line. You can, you know, there's guys you can go to who are established receivers in this league. Say, Hey, tell me a little bit about coach. What am I getting into? You know, and it's the way it works. Um, and you needed to really kind of go with a pretty good hire here, obviously, for you moving on from their boy, whether you thought it was a great idea or not, which we kind of thought, well, it probably was the right way. But you need to bring in somebody that's, you know, you can't go first-time wide receiver coach and throw this dude to Odell Beckham Jr. and to Jarvis Landry. It's got to be somebody who's dealt with significant players before, significant talented players at the position for. And like you said, Pete, um, it's, you know, when you're saying that somebody is your wide receiver coach and also your passing game coordinator, it's kind of like it's he's also part de facto offensive coordinator. 
yeah, I mean, again, he 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 has value in that, and having you know, if he's if he is you know highly involved in the game plans and stuff of that nature, then you know he he may be able to instill uh, discipline in all those things while also making them feel like they're uh, they have they're valued um, in terms of game planning, like the the the, the you know, the, their input and contributions aren't sort of just being uh, cast aside, essentially. So that's one more sort of element to this that's sort of interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, and look, I mean, more experience in the room, um, obviously, in, in at least aligning yourself with people who know you. And that's, you know, you know these guys are accepting roles with Kevin Stefanski, understanding that he's going to be, you know, the guy, but apparently the same work ethic that got Kevin Stefanski to rise up within the Minnesota Vikings organization, it's never died. Um, and, you know, there's still that part and whether it's analytical or it's new age, it's, if you're going to put in the work, you know, Hey man, I'll go ride this ride with you and let's go do it. Um, maybe that's not, you know, part of what led to last year's downfall as it is uh, more coming here. Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd. Pete Smith. Uh, guys, with it being Wednesday, when you are done here, guys and gals, make sure you get over, get the latest episode of That's What B Said. Uh, Brittany, uh, obviously Bree, Meredith, ladies do a fantastic job. Um, a lot of laughs, uh, but also coming at you with some strong content, strong belief takes. Uh, girls always do a fantastic job. So when you're done over here, uh, next one, cue it up. That's what B Said. iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Pete, which you now we talked about, you know, Bill Callahan and obviously, you know, having someone for Kevin Stan Kevin Stefanski to, you know, quote unquote lean on on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see how that works out. Obviously, the relationship there isn't that big. Um, or as far as, you know, long in terms, you know, we'll see how that works out. It'll be one to monitor, but it could be something that it works out for Kevin in that way. Um, Fred Pugich, uh, you know, Fred could be this guy for Joe Woods, not that Joe's never had defense coordinator role before, but Pete, this guy been around for ages and it's almost kind of like, you know, Hey, Hey, Fred, you want to come, you want to come back? Uh, is the couch getting too soft? Is your back hurting? You want to get back into this, you know, years at Ohio state coaching linebackers, defensive coordinator, back to the days of Andy Casimore and guys like that. But yet another one, part of this 2006 Minnesota Viking, Brad Childress staff, but you know, you kind of got your, you know, you got your older veteran on the offensive side of the ball. You've got your older veteran now on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, obviously Fred saw something you like. I mean, you know, at 67 years old, you could easily say, you know what, I just ain't doing this anymore. Um, and maybe it won't be a long run, but, you know, you're getting somebody in there that you can at least trust. Um, yeah, I mean, Puggett's worked for Joe Woods in Denver. Um so it's not as if uh, they don't know each other. Obviously, they also know each other from 2006, where everything starts with this organization. Uh, <clears throat> if and when this becomes official, this would be uh, Pugich's 30th year coaching linebackers and his 23rd in the state of Ohio. Um, he's 67 years old. He's you know done forever. The last two years, he was – I don't know if he's like technically retired, but he was at least out of the league, may have been – retired uh and then you know a guy he's worked with a guy you know he knows from wade phillips and all that 
Uh, yeah, Wade, we, how about Wade Phillips breaking news today? That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, if that's, you know, that could be a, a huge value. And it's for a room and a position group that obviously has to make a big decision on Joe Schobert. But beyond that, it's little or nothing there. I mean, we, I'm so uh, of the opinion that Chris Kirksey is going to be released or, or whatever that I don't even think about him in terms of the, you know, when people bring him up, I'm sort of like, Oh yeah, he's still on the team. Uh, but. And know, the weirdest thing that. is it's literally like two regimes ago that actually signed Christian Kirksey and nobody's seen him literally not seen him at all over the last two seasons. And it's not a knock on Christian Kirksey because you know, it's, it's going to be a tough cut because he's one of the nicest son of guns, sons of guns to walk down the road. But it's, it's like nobody in the building even knows who the hell he is. Well, I mean, he—they he, know who he is in the building. He does have a value, but he's just the, the it's not a field. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're going to get a guy in Puggich who's going to be coaching a, a, a room with, you know, Sioni Takitaki with Mac Wilson. Uh, you know, there's not much there. They need to keep adding to it, but um, it's somebody that's going to have an extraordinary amount of experience. And he has not only uh, coached linebackers, he specifically coached outside linebackers uh, with the Broncos. And, you know, presuming they were counting Von Miller as an outside linebacker there, um, he would be coaching that, the stand-up edge rushers, theoretically, uh, from that standpoint. And if they do something along the lines of having a guy like Taki Taki do a little bit of – cross training where he's doing, um, you know, most of the off ball stuff and then occasionally get some opportunities to rush as a nickel guy on the outside, then Pugich would have his uh, hands, uh, you know, all over him in that sense, which would seemingly be good as it's one voice doing it. But that, that is something else to sort of keep in mind with that. Uh, so it's, it, it's interesting from the fact that you're getting a guy who's, you know, was, away from the game, maybe not necessarily his choice. Uh, sometimes the chips just don't fall your way. But, you know, it, it's bringing in a new voice, and you're going to have to it, – it's going to be interesting here the way it's played out because, you know, if you're moving on from Joe, it's almost like, well, what did you bring this guy into? And, you know, I do agree, and this was one of the questions we had here, you know, maybe you're going to start to do a little bit more with Sione Taki Taki. And – it's not necessarily in, you know, we saw it. A prime example was the Thursday night game with Joe Schobert. Joe can do more than what he does if you want him to. Um, but, you know, usually third and seven, you want Joe covering somebody. He's got a reputation for a good coverage linebacker. Um, Joe Woods coming from San Francisco where they had really good coverage linebackers. And, you know, there's no way, you know, and everybody, oh, well, you, you look at the speed of the 49ers linebackers. Okay, well, that's, that's a great idea. There's no way you, you there's no way you are replicating that in one off season, you're not going to be able to go out and find, you know, three linebackers that run four, six or less. Not going to happen. There's just no, you got to be realistic with some of this stuff and everybody who, you know, everybody just thinks it's like you go down to, you know, <clears throat> go down to Sam's club. It's all right. Well, we need three linebackers who run, you know, under four, six, this off season, we got to get this, this, hey, well, we'll just take care of it all. It's not going to happen. It's not, it just doesn't work that way. Um, so, you know, It'll be interesting um, and definitely brings a different dynamic because, you know, most of this group is, you know, that 
certain age level, and then you bring in a Callahan, you bring in a Puggage, um, you know, put it all in a blender, kind of essentially sees what happens, see what happens. Um, this is one that's interesting, Pete, um, with what they're doing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And look, for you Jacksonville fans, yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Um, you know, Jacksonville's going to get sent over, and I, what now? You figure, Pete, it's you know, they'll be over there for what? Got to be close to 20 days. Um, because you're probably going to send them over there on the bye week. Uh, I don't know how, I don't even know how they'll work it. Um, but uh, two home games in back to back weeks. Um, Browns slated to play in Jacksonville or on the road versus Jacksonville. I got to believe, Pete, this is the Browns are going to be one of those two games. I, I, I just don't see it breaking any other way. Well, it's 20, 25%, but it feels like 100. Uh, I don't know why, but it just does. Um, yeah, but even still, look, that. even though the Browns went 6-10 and 10 last year, there's the names. There's Baker. There's Odell. There's Jarvis. There's Miles Garrett. Um, these games, at least you want to set them up. And I'll be honest, look, these folks over there, they don't care. They just, they're thankful for the games. You can get them games where the team maybe is six and 10, but you're getting names like Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, these people are geeked over there. Uh, I, I don't know uh, on that. I, 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 you know, I, I think there's an element of, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, They'll they'll go, uh, you know. They can get some attendance, but I, I do I, I expect at some point, you know, whether that may and it may have already happened that they're basically like, you know, trying to decide on a team that they they particularly enjoy. Having said that, I don't know if they care, um, you know, if 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 it's if Jacksonville's their home team, if if they're more of an international fan base where. Um, they're going to cheer for the teams they have sort of picked anyway um, that I don't know if this really means anything. But uh, nevertheless, um, uh, for all the making fun of Jack- Jacksonville and Jacksonville always fight, you know, their fan base always fighting back because this is not actually a thing. It continues to be a thing. So, you know, the, the one quarter of their home games are going to be in London and that's, you know, that's significant. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the Browns may be one of the teams that has to go there, which, you know, I don't love it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see if Jimmy and D Haslam decide to attend bar again as they did the last time they were there or, you know, if the Browns can actually come out and win. I don't even remember what who they played last time, but I'm fairly sure they lost. Minnesota. Minnesota, Garrett didn't travel with a concussion. I remember it well. They actually played pretty well. And then about the last 16 minutes of the game, Minnesota just took over. Uh, who's the running back? Um, signed with San Francisco. Never really played over the last two years. Region. Jarek McKinnon, big day. Fair enough. I remember that one well. Fair enough. We got some listener questions, uh, questions to get to here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, carrying you through your Wednesday episode of Locked on Browns. Uh, if you're in Vermilion, near Vermilion, looking for a good meal, looking for barbecue, open pit barbecue, my man John Bowen. Uh, John is a diehard Browns fan. Uh, him and the folks over at Zabel, they, Zabel, they are close, right next door to each other. Um, 
John's, you know, specials a week, you know, Browns related, um, you know, whether it's a player, whether it's obviously uh, Jimmy Haslam, uh, always put something together. Uh, John and I, one of the reasons we get along, we like to talk is we both have the passion for barbecue and obviously the Browns thing works out as well. So you're in around looking for a decent meal, looking for barbecue, New York million, go check out open pit barbecue, go see my buddy, John Bowen, get a great meal, talk some Browns, tell John we sent you over and enjoy it because John does it and does it well. All right, we're going to start going to some listener questions here. And uh, I love the fact that you guys are starting to take stuff from previous episodes and bring them into questions here. And Pete, it's been a while since we addressed this one. So we will do this. And this is from Fade Ida. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Based on your last po- last podcast, it feels like we might be more comfortable with the interior. Pete, but it's been a while. Have we officially buried Joel Batonio playing left tackle? Or is there still the tiniest little bit of a flame going in the corner? I haven't ruled it out. I, I mean, there he is. I love it. Well, it's just, listen, if you were going to ask me who's the best zone blocking lineman on the team, it's Joe Batonio. And he's not, you know, he's, he's more than athletic enough to play tackle. So, you know, I, I don't think it will happen, but I'm certainly not going to say this is a thing that can't happen given the fact that, uh, you know, it, it, he has the capability to do it. And they're going to go a heavy be zone scheme. If, you know, theoretically, if they were to say, Joe, we're going to, let's say they, they drafted Tristan works at 10. And they're like, eh, we're going to put you at right tackle. We're going to put Joel at left and we're going to get another guard, whether it's Drew Forbes or, or, or draft somebody else. I mean, that's a pretty goddamn good five. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know everybody sort of laughs at this and goes, this isn't going to happen, and, and they're probably right. But, I mean, if you were just to say, I'm going to put five really good linemen on the field, uh, that would be a really good five linemen on the field. Well, and my thing is, is look, you know, if it's something you're intending to do, just let Joel know. Because um, I still think Joel, first and foremost, while being the leader of this offensive line, being one of the most tenured and established guys on this team, he would just like to know. But um, and I think Joel is pretty much like every one of you fans. Is this going to lead to wins? Because if it's going to lead to wins, shit, yeah, I'm in. Whatever you need, because you know, and I'm sure you know Joel is just like all of you fans. Does it mean January? Does it mean I'm putting on pads in January? Because you know, look, you know, uh, you know, these guys, even the money's great, but uh, you know, they they'd like to, you know have some memories of, you know, being in some meaningful games in January. There's just no way around it. And guys, I am not against this London thing so much. Here's the thing. I get one day a week to sleep in. Um, And even this year, there was the Raiders-Bears game. If it does happen, at least give me the one o'clock kickoff. I don't want to have to be up at 7.30 to get my mind right, get enough coffee in me to sit down at 9 a.m. to cover a game. That's where I'm at, Pete. If it's the 1 o'clock kickoff, I'll live. But 9 a.m., still in pajamas, you know, trying to nurse 32 ounces of coffee into my body, I'd just rather not. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I love having 9 a.m. football. I just don't love having 9 a.m. football I have to be particularly engaged in. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. 
it's you know look uh, we'll always roll with the punches we got no choice uh you know it's kind of uh what pete gets paid and <laughs> how i get paid i mean this is what we do but um you know in the grand scheme of things you know i'd rather at least be able to have a nice meal in me and you know not be in pajama pants and have to worry about you know and the other thing is is you know if this is all done and wrapped and the game's over by noon and i got a post game show up for you guys by one o'clock um mrs lloyd's gonna come around the corner with that honey do list and it's no good for nobody. Uh, yeah, Jack Mc, Jack McCurry, we're not going to talk about whatever is going on with the Mets. That's how bad it is. You had somebody trying to buy the franchise, and apparently now he's pulling out because, oh, good Lord. I, 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 I just I just can't even. Um, you know, obviously, you know, some of the other questions here, you know, I, it's been relegated around talent around the team. And we really, and this is where January made it really weird this year, um, with the way and the lateness of the staff, you know, taking shape as it is, and we're you know, a month into the offseason, and there's stuff we really haven't done as far as offseason shows. Um, we haven't really even done positional reviews here. So this is one I wanted to get to, and we'll start here tonight. Um, quarterback time will tell. I don't even know if that's one that we even got to address. Um, so you start on the offensive side of the ball. We'll start on the running back position. You know who – the quote-unquote chief of staff of the room is. There's Kareem Hunt. There is Dontrell Hilliard. There is Dearness Johnson. Um, the, for everybody who tried to feed me all this, you know, Dontrell Hilliard, he'll be fine over the first half of the season. It was all right that you moved on from Duke Johnson. Crickets. I ain't heard nobody come back from that one. And, you know, I ain't brought it up on social media, but for all of you that, don't worry, Dontrell Hilliard, where are y'all at? Dearness Johnson, I think for the role he played, I, I think what you got would expect it. You didn't really get to see him enough, you know, didn't really get an opportunity. I don't know if there'll ever really be an opportunity for him to touch the ball much. Um, and then there is, I mean, it's just the absolute purple elephant in the room. And much like Josh Gordon was to John Dorsey, it's the, you know, you already wronged, well, I guess one GM twice, but a second GM because the first GM handed him to you. Do you, you know, and now you've already kind of gotten wronged here in the first couple of weeks on the gig. Pete, Nick Chubb, and look, we know obviously in all these podcasts bringing on the fullback. Guys, it's fantastic. I hope you all realize that this young man has a slim chance of making his team. I hope he does. But y'all promoting it like you're having someone of Odell's stature on your podcast. Let's slow our rolls a little bit, okay? Um, yeah, so so there will out, be a fullback check out brought in. Some said who's going to have uh, going to have uh, him on right after this. He's certainly getting the airtime, though. He's certainly getting the airtime. This is true. That would have been something but helpful to slip me before the show, Pete. There will be a fullback added to the roster, obviously, guys. Um, the question would be is, let's go this. Fullback Nick Chubb is any other running back that's on this current roster, part of this roster, week one? Oh, uh, good question. Um, I'll say, yeah, I, I don't feel great about it, but I, I think 
I, I think when all is said and done, my, my theory on what's going to happen on Kareem Hunt is they are going to ultimately uh, put the lowest tender on him. Have him Which nobody's going to touch. Yeah, have him sign at some point and then trade him for a conditional pick, uh, and then they move on. Um, so with that in mind, I think you could easily say John, John Terrell Hilliard back um, as that special teams role um, or, or something of that nature. So Hilliard in, everybody else out. Um, which brings us here. So Pete, what ideally are you looking for? Um, look, and the one thing with Nick is he is just not completely there yet as a receiver. You're looking for somebody who can probably add in that. And look, it's, you know, it's the popular route. It's the Texas route. Um, for me, you know, and I keep going back to this, you know, and this is where everybody was yelling at me before Travis Etienne decided to go back to Clemson. And God bless the young man. Uh, you know, go get your degree. Um, Why you didn't declare? I, I still don't understand. For me, uh, new love for that type of role, Pete. And look, and this is what makes Nick especially as he is. He's big. He's thick. Breaks a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Breaks a lot of tackles at the line of scrimmage. If I'm going to put somebody on the field after Nick Nick has beat your brains in, and you know made you extra winded. I want a guy even faster. And this is where it's it's Anthony McFarland, Maryland. Um, obviously, you know, there'll be another name or two that cracks out. Like everybody talks about from, you know, LSU, uh, you know, uh, Edwards Hilaire, which is a fantastic. I don't think he's as fast as Nick. So when I take Nick off the field, I want a guy who's even faster. I don't care. Uh, honestly, I just want somebody else who's good. I mean, there's any stylistically, you can go any number of routes with that. Um, if you want you know, to go from chub to faster, that's fine. If you want to go from chub to even bigger um, and, and more power, I got no problem with that. If you want just to get another guy who's like chub, uh, you know, obviously not likely to be as good, but if you're sitting there going, well, we can get this guy who's a lot like him, um, that would be that, that would be fine. The bottom line is get good, good, good players. I, I'm not overly concerned about it. I mean, that's a guy like Cam Akers to me um, who seems to be moving up um, because he's good. But, uh, you know, I I never cared that he was uh, what he was in relationship to uh, Chubb. I only cared about him in terms of he is a fantastic vision back who can do a lot of things and and make guys miss and make plays. Um, That's all I care about. So if it's like a guy like, you know, Benjamin, that's fine with me. If it's a, you know, bigger back, great. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm only concerned with get good players. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's ways to do this. I'm assuming you're going to want somebody with, you know, more of a receiving aspect. Um, and I guess we'll get to this one here before we start to put a close on this thing. Um, Pete, last year you had from Maroon 5 up there shirtless. What is with the pearl clenching and all the nonsense over a halftime show? And look, I saw it like yesterday because usually that's when we pull freight from where we're at and we come on home because, you know, Monday's coming and my kids still got to be up by 6 o'clock in the morning for school. But, I mean, this is the biggest much ado about freaking nothing I've ever seen in my life. 
what they did is no different than what music videos were. Who the freak cares at the end of the day? Um, I don't know. Uh, other than I'm sure they will uh, give you some, you know, crypt keeping rock band up there that's barely held together uh, next year, so everybody feels better. But uh, in, uh, Jennifer Lopez is 50. Uh, Shakira, God, freaking bless her. Um, so I mean, I don't think any part of them was doing something they weren't on board with. Um, but, you know, didn't feel all that exploitative to me. Uh, so I don't know that it was like any different, like that's sort of like how Shakira just tends to look. She's that whole, you know, uh, South American style type thing. And I don't think JLo is exactly known for wearing, you know, bulky ass clothing, whether it's in music or even movies. So yeah, I don't think she's doing Uggs and North Face ads, dude. This isn't like, you know, this isn't like a, you know, 16 or you know even 20 year old girl who's out there you know being you know put in this position it's there again 93 years of combined age between them again i expect they are doing exactly what they want to be doing uh for this um so you know i I don't remember how old janet jackson was when that whole thing happened but she she had to be if she wasn't in her 40s i'd be very surprised so again if you want to be annoyed upset whatever that's up to you i i i I don't care um i can say i actually watched this halftime for the first time in however many years usually i go to the uh, puppy bull kitty bull or whatever the hell else is uh just because the things are are, are typically so bad i just don't care um it was at least interesting from that standpoint but uh again like at, at some point you know, people who've been around that long are, are get to be allowed to decide what they want to do with themselves. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and the pearl clenching, all that other nonsense. I mean, just just get something else to do with yourself. And if that was your takeaway from what turned out to be a really great game with a really great great comeback, I mean, good lord, folks, what the hell are you doing with your lives? I mean, seriously. And the other thing is, there's always the ever popular turn it off. Nobody made you watch. Nobody. Um, couple. Pete Jacksonville. A uh, couple of interesting front office moves. Um, basically waiting for you know a month after everybody you know threw all their stuff on the garbage heap and kind of scooping in on it. Right. So uh, they hired uh, the former Trent Balky, the former 49ers GM, who for a really short period of time was thought to be one of the best in the league and had an unbelievable run of drafting, except for the fact that he kept taking guys who were injured and trying to, you know, a a, a couple rounds later and seeing if they'd pan out. And to this point, none of, like none of them did. Like they took Tank Carey. The ever popular red shirt year. Yeah. They took uh, an offensive lineman from Clemson. Clemson, wasn't it? Yeah. They took a bunch of these guys and literally none of them worked out, but they, you know, they had a bunch of these great players like Navarro Bowman. Uh, they did, you know, was fantastic for them. Um, they, you know, they, they hit on a bunch of picks. I think he was there for Patrick Willis and all those guys. Uh, but he was sort of regarded as an asshole um, to work with. And, uh, you know, he sort of 
won the power struggle with Jim Harbaugh at that time, um, but didn't last much longer than that. So um, it seems to not work well with others, but uh, he has better results than some guys with that reputation. So I, I, I don't know how this works, especially because he's not really the dude in charge. I mean, this is the this is the job that they initially tried to make a run at Andrew Barry for. It's that vice president of player personnel, um, but uh, still technically under. Uh, or, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm confusing him with the Panthers, but I think he's the exec, I think he's the vice president of player personnel there. I don't think he's the GM. I think it's still in this case Dave Caldwell. Yeah, uh, you know, let him draft. Um, you know, and just tell him, you know, make sure you know the guys could actually be ready to go when you hold your rookie mini camp. We haven't done one of these in a while, Pete. NFL wise, Brown wise, anybody, anything Pete Smith needs to get off his chest? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think we're square. Uh, I'm sure, there's some. Oh, I mean, Mark D'Antonio stepping down. Who who the hell believes that he wants to spend more time with his family? That is one gigantic load of crap. He, and didn't uh, he just stay past January fifteenth to like milk them out of another three million dollars? Well, that 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 is also true, but also he uh, they they found a like beyond all the stuff with uh, the gymnastics doctor and all that, which is just horrific. And he should have pulled freight probably two years ago. But go ahead. Right. They uh, they've been in recruiting. They've been betting on some of the worst humans uh, in this region try to capitalize and they've been, you know, far less covered, but they've gotten in trouble with a bunch of guys getting uh, busted for like sexual assault and stuff like that, and various other crimes. And they haven't really been called out on it. So Baylor this North. Is like been, this has been, yeah, it's not quite that bad, but it, it's <laughs> bad enough that I, I think what's been going on there is, is not uh, something you, you, you can't compare to something along the lines of, uh, uh, of what has been going on with uh, with Penn State, like it's it's bad, and and, and Dan, D'Antonio is for all the success he's had, and and much of it deserved. This last several run of years has been just awful, and deservedly, you know, I think I think this is the chickens coming home to roost, so to speak, uh, and and him trying to get out before the posse comes in because they are coming, and Michigan State, uh, you know, I. I tend to be a fan of the Big Ten. I tend to root for the Big Ten. But Penn State and Michigan State right now are making that really, really difficult to do, which is unfortunate. And look, I mean, you know, if you're going to sell your soul, you better be winning. You really, I mean, and I'm I'm not talking about, you know, seven and six. You're selling your soul. You better be playing, well, I mean, New Year's Day used to mean something. It doesn't mean it anymore. You better be playing significant ball games late in the year. Um, Otherwise, you know, you just kind of look like a dirt bag. Um, with that, we're going to start putting a bow on this one here. Uh, guys, obviously, check everything out uh, through SI.com. You're reading Brown stuff over there. It's coming th- from Browns Maven, Pete and his staff over there, at Browns Maven on Twitter, at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself, at Locked On Browns, all over case. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Guys, this stuff's really picking up, um, and I'm trying my best. Um, I do have like, a nine to five and my my wife does work full time 
and I've you know got kids to pick up, get home from school. I'm trying to get do my best to get back to everybody. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. You know, DMs are open. Um, I, I can't wait. We're gonna start finishing up roster reviews here, and then we can start going into combine previews. Um, really looking forward to it. And this is this is the part Pete and I would do regardless. We just enjoy this time of the year. Um, it's it's fun because every year it's 350 names and getting to know them for whatever 250 to 260 kids who get drafted. Uh, we just enjoy this process, and this is kind of where it you know led both of us to where we're at. And, you know, obviously we're happy with it, and we enjoy it, and we you know, obviously just churn it out. And I continue to tell you, nobody's going to give you this offseason coverage like this podcast will, and I stand by that. So I appreciate you all for the support. I appreciate you all for being along for the ride. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.